Welcome to the Double Technical Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Lucas Fryman, and I hope you had a fantastic week, and I hope you're having a great Friday thus far. We are here to talk sports today, and we got a, a decent schedule for you, I'll say, but um, we are going to talk local sports to kick it off, and of course, the local segment is brought to you by SeatGeek. Go to SeatGeek.com or download the SeatGeek app and use code double technical for $20 off your first ticket purchase helps us out a lot and uh you know helps you guys out you get $20 off and uh if you are listening right now uh we'd appreciate if you go to iTunes and give us a review um Michael mentioned that to me and I wanted to make sure to plug that in at the beginning and the end uh it, reviews help us chart on iTunes so we would greatly appreciate it and yeah speak just give what? us five stars it doesn't matter what you put in the comment section you Mike- can say bananas taste great just give us the five stars michael i wasn't even i didn't introduce you yet there there there's i know be- i had to jump in though <laughs> there's supposed to be this like you know there's there's a system to this there's a structure and you just blew yeah, it up but now, now it's like I'm always on the side. You never know when I'm going to jump in. True. I, I could just be having a full rant, and all of a sudden you chime in out of nowhere, no introduction, nothing about probably the Reds and Poog and um, everything like that. That is forever going to be an inside joke. Michael, well, I'm going to try to not make it inside. We were going to talk Reds today, guys, but we had to cut it out, and Michael being the expert analysis uh person that he is you know took some excellent notes about the reds and what he thought about their season uh predicting and um he thought that there was some guy named poog um yeah that's puig so it was it yeah, was very distressing <laughs> it's been a while since i've watched the reds i was i was disappointed to find out that uh rob dibble is no longer pitching <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> With on that note, we're going to move on to the expertise area of Michael clearly, and that yeah. is UK Big Blue Nation. Um, all right, we're we're gonna dive right into this because we all know how Lucas is gonna look at this Arkansas game. So let's not hear my opinion about it. Uh, on Tuesday night we played them. I thought it would be a breeze. It was not. It was uh, we were down majority of the game but thanks to Tyler Hero um turning it on at home finally it's been a while since we've seen him be dominant at home um we were able to win 70 to 66 over Arkansas what was your entire thought on that crazy game it happens seriously no <laughs> don't, don't worry about it it happens um you know, there were some good points. Hero had an, <clears throat> had an excellent game, 29 points. Um, that was an amazing shooting night for him. Uh, Richards with 15 rebounds, that's a plus to take out of it. And like I said, you know, we probably overlooked him and we're looking um, ahead to Tennessee again. And P.J. had an off night. It, You know, it's fine. Here, here's some positives to look at. It. So we won a basketball game when we were down 15 points in the second half. That's key for going on a title run. You have to be able to come back from that adversity. 
and even furthermore showcase how we're built to win a national championship. We're not dependent on one player. We can have any one of our players can have an off night and we have enough firepower from everyone else to still win the game. So, you know, I'm I'm not too worried about it. It was a bad night. It happens. They sneak up on everybody. You know, it it is what it is. Time to move on. Well, the the thing that I guess just that had me perplexed, honestly, was the yeah. fact that when you look at the statistics, UK was way better than Arkansas. Like the the final score did not reflect all the stats. Like, you know, we were fifty percent from the floor, almost fifty percent from three, while we limited them to thirty seven percent from the floor and fifty percent from three. Like it it was an odd game. We out rebounded them by thirteen. We had less fouls and yet it was still such a tight game and you're right hero i mean nine for ten five for six from the three he was our savior and i this the nick richardson's getting yeah, 15 i'll take hero missing one shot a game <laughs> if i can have hero only miss one shot a game i'll like i like those odds yeah that um helps. well i mean honestly <laughs> it, it was a close game but look at the two big keys we let them shoot 50 percent from the three-point line they hit 10 threes that's you can't let that happen. You yeah. got to keep your opponents to around six threes a game. And then we shot 68% from the free throw line. So we left a lot of points off the board right there. So that darn free throw line. Yeah. The, uh, Oh man. PJ Washington is so clutch at going one for two. <laughs> one for two. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a nice 50 there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in baseball, it'd be great, but yeah. That's so, the weird uh, thing is the fact that he kind of hit a – this is the first game in I feel like a month or so that he struggled um, to to kind of make his presence. But um, I'm sure you really, really love Nick uh, Rick. Yeah, it, it really, really is. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, no, I it is surprising. I think this also shows what happens when Reed's not in the game because – the with Reed out of the game, teams were able to put more attention just on PJ, and that you know slowed him down a little bit. Once mm-hmm. we get Reed back, that's gonna you know loosen things up a little bit more on the inside, and I, I expect him to be back to what we've seen since SEC uh, play started. And then Richardson, fifteen boards. That that's nice to see from him, big time. Yeah, yeah, that that, that is pretty good. Uh, yeah, that that's you not. Yeah, you need that from Richards. Um, yeah, we didn't we didn't get much out of uh, Montgomery, but you know, it's all right. I, I like our big guys. I, this is this is awesome experience for Montgomery and Richards, though, mm-hmm. to be able to get all this playing time right now, right before the tournament. I, I I really think everything is setting up for a good, deep, fun NCAA run. Well, speaking of the NCAA run, that we have another big matchup, as you alluded to, maybe looking a little ahead. Saturday, yeah. we play uh, Tennessee again, this time in uh, Tennessee's territory. Uh, they are number seven in the nation after dropping two games, uh, one to us and one to LSU. We are in a three-way tie for first place in the SEC um, with this being in Tennessee, with what we did to them last time, what do you 
foresee happening and what do we need to do to win this game again? Well, we're good enough that we can win any game against any team in the country. Um, without Reed, this is going to be tough. Um, the the biggest question I have is who's going to guard Grant Williams because we can't put PJ on him because we can't afford for PJ to get in foul trouble. So that means Richard Montgomery are going to have to be able to handle him, and I don't think that's possible. Um, it's going to be a crazy environment down there. We basically have to have one of the best games games all year from Tyler Johnson, Hagens, and PJ, I think, to win this game. I think it's going to be – and also, it's going to be tough to win this one, but I don't think it really matters. Interesting. Because, I mean, at this point, we're not going to win the SEC. LSU is going to win the SEC. That's just the way it is uh-huh. because their schedule their schedule's weaker. And – that, you know what? That's fine. I, I I don't care about that. I care about NCAA tournament titles, mm-hmm. and it's all about seeding. And I am probably not, not in the majority here, but I'd rather Kentucky fall to a two seed mm-hmm. and get Virginia as my one than stay as a one and get North Carolina as my two. Yeah, even I don't though care. We I defeated mean, North Carolina. What you said? Even though we defeated North Carolina. Well, yeah, that's a, first of all, North Carolina is playing one of the best in the country right now. Mm-hmm. And I always hesitate about that for non SEC teams that we've already played and beaten once. I, I, those, those matchups make me nervous. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so even if we don't play in Louisville, <laughs> I would rather, I'd, I, I mean, seriously, obviously if we're in Louisville, then we have a huge advantage, but like my nightmare lineup honestly is for them to give us the one give us make it louisville and then then give duke the two to play us oh that do you really think that duke might drop down to a two i yeah, i mean they still got to play north carolina again and i don't know when zion's gonna come back yeah that's that's kind of hanging over i feel like that is affecting duke right now obviously they just lost to virginia tech as well um, I mean, they've lost two out of three. If they end up losing like three out of five, you, you have to almost. Although there, I, I would think you would have to drop them down to a two. But there are national media people that are saying it doesn't matter what Duke does as long as Zion's not in the lineup. Mm-hmm. They could lose the rest of their games without Zion, and Zion comes back to the tournament. They're going to give him a one seed, which is what we expect for the Duke favoritism that happens. <laughs> oh, that lovely Duke favoritism. Yeah, you know what's crazy? Is it's not out of the question. It, say that's true. That no matter what Duke does without Zion, they're still going to give him a one. Mm-hmm. Virginia's going to get a one, most likely. Yeah. If we lose, and Tennessee doesn't, or even if we beat Tennessee and then lose another game, lose to Ole Miss, there's a chance North Carolina is the number one two right now that they could jump into the one. We could be looking at three one seeds from the ACC. That's insane. The, I mean, the, but it's right there to happen. Has that ever happened before? No, there's, I, I mean, there's been two, but I've never, I've never heard of three. Uh, I mean, the, the ACC, man, they're a good Conference when it comes to basketball, I, and well, I mean that's 
it right there. That's pretty much all that's good in that conference. But touche, touche. Yeah. <laughs> um, shots fired. Poor Louisville. Um, <laughs> but they're where they're supposed to be. Are they? Are they still ranked Louisville? I don't, I, I don't know. I don't they, even know. I, if they were coming into this week, they won't be because they just lost again too to a, oh, to gosh. a pretty bad team. So. Uh, they were looking hot there and thought they were going to upset Duke and then everything unraveled. Um, so the next thing, I mean, you, you, uh, kind of talked about is UK a one or a two seed. You want them to be a two seed for certain. Right. Right now. I think they're a one, even if they lose on Saturday and beat Ole Miss and then win at least one tournament game. I think they're still a one. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, if they drop the last two games or the, the Vandy and the Ole Miss game, I, I think we drop to a two, but I don't see any scenario where we drop below a two. Yeah. I wouldn't see that either with the wins that we have this year. Um, but yeah. And there's nothing else. Like there's not that much behind us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's really no other big, like squads is there um no i mean there's there's some good teams there but there's there's nothing that would i see that would make us drop out of the two range so yeah and a one or two is good like i said it's all about the matchup for me Mm -hmm. i i would like to avoid duke in north carolina i will take the rest of the teams that are up at the top i i want to stay away from those two so you you'd be okay with a gonzaga or a virginia uh, yes, one seed, and we're a two seed in their portion of the bracket. Correct, and Virginia would be my favorite because there's a very good chance they will do what Virginia does best <laughs> and lose early in the tournament, and then we won't have to worry about a one seed. You mean destroy my bracket because they do that every time? I'm like, this hey, is man, the year. They're you just so said good. it. That's on you if you're still picking Virginia to go far because they do it every time. I know, but it's like, <laughs> come on. You're always so good at the end of the year. What is happening? Well, I know what happens is the fact that they're such a stout and probably the best defensive team in the country, but then there are one of like the most mediocre offensive teams, and ultimately that's what kills them because if you if your defense ain't working, you can't play catch-up. So... Right, and they they don't score. So their whole premise is to win a low-scoring game. Well, if somebody gets hot, which teams in the NCAA tournament always do, you're screwed because you can't score enough points to keep up with them. Yeah, I'm looking at the rankings right now, and I I did not even realize that. You're exactly right because UNC is sitting right behind us at five. So if we were to lose and, you know, let's say they do give the top four final teams the number one seed, um, it would be Gonzaga, Virginia, Duke, and UNC. I mean, that would be crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, cause, especially because Duke's probably going to lose to North Carolina without Zion. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, but I mean, if they're really saying it doesn't matter what Duke does without Zion, they're still going to give them a one, then that really opens the door for Virginia. I mean, the Virginia-North Carolina finals in the a- ACC tournament, you mm-hmm. almost have to give both ones. Yeah. And... Duke, I uh, Zion's a huge question right now. People really don't know if he's coming back or not. Uh, I, I think weird. he will. I I know I we talked about that last week, and you you thought he would, but it's it's just weird how quiet 
they're being about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And, and I don't know if it's because obviously being a Kentucky fan, I'm looking for news on Reed more, but it, it seems like there's more news about him. Like he's already working out again. We there, there he's hoping to be back for senior day. Like I'm not hearing any of that about Zion. Yeah. They, he, he's been just covered, you know, they, I don't know how to exactly say it. They, they there's just been no coverage. It, it's all no. There hasn't been. It's all like you know. Well, yeah, it was a minor injury. Don't worry about it. Like and I, leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, and I, I that's so weird to me. Expect you know, especially with the rumors that were reported at the game that his family went into the locker room with him, mm-hmm. and you know they were like crying with him in the locker room that says to me that he got more hurt than they want us to think. Yeah. I, I, th- I think there's a little bit of covering up going on and reasonably so because uh, we, we don't want to damage his, uh, you know, his, his future. You know, I don't think he did anything really bad, but yeah, I think he, uh, he tweaked it worse than they want to lead on, and I truly wonder if we're going to see Zion back. If we don't see Zion back, I know you said that they'll, you know, if, if Zion is there, they'll give Duke number one, but I, I wonder how bad they falter because without him, they're not that great. I mean, you would think uh, Cameron Reddish and uh, R.J. Barrett would be better, but they need Zion. He, I didn't realize how much of a focal point he truly was. Yeah, no, that's completely true, and I will take a jab and then give a little bit of credit here. If this was Kentucky, they, they, they should be good. You're right. They still have two of the top five picks on their team in the NBA draft. There's mm-hmm. no excuse for them to not be good. If this was Kentucky – we would be hearing nonstop how Cal can't coach for real. But it's K. <laughs> so all we could talk about is how great coach K is. I don't understand it, but <laughs> and, yeah. Now to defend them slightly this late in the season with Zion being what Zion is, I can see how they're having trouble adjusting to play without him. I mean, it's late in the game and they, they, they were used to the way they were playing. Not having him, that that's a big adjustment to make. I can see how that would throw you off. Yeah, he. I think it's just his. You know, it's kind of almost like the LeBron effect, the attention. You know, they. they yeah. You you have to respect Zion so much; it gives everyone the ability to do what they want to do. And it seems to me that Cameron Reddish and R.J. Barrett aren't quite ready uh, to step up and you know, be able to take double teams and be able to, you know, be focused on and adapt to it. They, they haven't had to learn that yet in their college experience. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah. And I mean, think how long it takes a Kentucky team with freshmen to come together and figure it out. I mean, you're asking those two guys that the, it, to fill that huge hole because there's no one on the bench that can fill it. That's for sure. Not at all. But I love how we've uh, spent, you know, seven minutes of the local segment where we're talking UK, talking about Duke. What happened? Yeah, you know, it's all <laughs> over the place. <laughs> I mean, we're we're at least not talking about them in a a, a very positive light. So that that would go I, with the UK segment. Yeah, exactly. Here, here you go. If if Zion doesn't come back, Duke's a Sweet Sixteen team. Ooh, that's it. Ooh, shots 
fired. Or I mean, it, it's true. You know, honestly, what I think? I think that, that they are a uh, 2014 first round Mercer beating team. Wow. The do you remember that, that year? Be, oh, I do. <laughs> yeah, of course I remember that year. That would be beautiful. I I honestly think that that is a full-blown potential with just how poorly they've played. I know I I, I don't want to hype up too much about Virginia Tech beating them, but because Virginia Tech is a good squad and, you know, things going on. And apparently, I don't know if you saw this, the past three or four times that Virginia Tech has played Duke on February 26th, they've won. (laughs) So that's strange as well so there's that apparently strange. outside forces who do not like duke on that particular date um but <laughs> we I, should move the tournament <laughs> it needs to start on that date <laughs> yes and they have to play virginia tech they no matter what virginia tech. i don't care if virginia tech is <laughs> 0 for 30 they get a spot in the tournament <laughs> to play duke in the round of 64 plain and simple oh my gosh see why aren't we part of the the commission or whatever like I, you know, I have been saying for many years, if they were to put me in charge of college basketball, things would be awesome. <laughs> but apparently, you know, that's not going to happen. And, and it would probably, I'd get fired after Kentucky won like straight, na- 10 straight national titles. Oh, but that would be so great for us. I right. mean, uh, I mean, there's no bias. The fact that they're, they're able to play uh division two teams all the way to the finals. I mean, it's just <laughs> right. how yeah, this I, works uh, out. <laughs> and I just, I, the whole seeding of the tournament, it pisses me off every year. It doesn't matter what happens. I'm going to be angry about it. Uh huh. I try to tell myself like, no, they're not making things easier for one team and screwing over another team. It's all about the region where teams are, which is so dumb. Why do regions matter? We have planes. (laughs) Teams can make it anywhere. It is dumb to keep teams in regions. That is so stupid. Well, that's like the whole, uh, which we'll talk about NBA here a little bit later in the show. But, you know, it's kind of like the whole thing about going conference lists in the NBA. It, they're always like the logistics of it. It wouldn't work. It's like just we 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 have all this technology and all these planes and everything. I I I'm sure we can do it. Yeah, I mean it's it's ridiculous because and it's mainly ridiculous because the West Coast sucks at basketball in college. Yeah, they're and because the, I mean there is they, they don't want to put anybody out there, so they're gonna put they're gonna stack a region to have like. Kentucky, North Carolina, and Kansas is the one, two, and three. Yeah. Because, no, that's dumb. Like, <laughs> one of those teams should be out west, so Gonzaga has to play somebody. Yeah. That, I, I feel like, you know, not to, not to be harsh on Gonzaga, but I, I feel like they're not too legit this year. Uh, but that's just me. Yeah. I, I think what hurts them is – and I think this hurts them every year. So I don't think they're ready for the NCAA tournament. They play some good teams, um, some non-conference teams. They play some good games. Mm-hmm. But then they're stuck playing in their conference, and that's, that's not preparing you for anything. They can easily beat all of them. Mm-hmm. So then they go into the tournament without having been tested since December. And I think it causes the team to sneak up on them. <sighs> it's going to be interesting. 
but I'm just excited that we are almost here, man. I've yeah, I've oh yeah, it's fun. Craving some NCAA tournament madness. The, this is my favorite time of year. Again, we're gonna have a, a I, God only knows how long our tournament uh, breakdown is going to be, but it will be fun and it will be <laughs> hilarious, and maybe that will be part of a. Uh, a future project, wink, wink, Michael knows what I'm talking about. I think that maybe that would be a good episode for that. Um, so that is it with UK. Um, now I am going to move on and talk about NKU. NKU was able to get a victory over Milwaukee on uh, Thursday. It was 65 to 55. Uh, very important win, uh, especially since Wright State went down Tate led all scores with 18. Uh, Vogd had 16. Uh, Walton had 13. Sharp had 10. Uh, we had a great output of performance by our players on this team. We needed this victory. It was very important. Now we are state. We are back to being tied rather than being a game back on right state. So that loss to them and that win to us is very, very, very important and I'm so glad that Wright State went down so ultimately we got one more game left and that is tomorrow versus Green Bay we're probably going to end up being in a a tie for first um, with Wright State unless they were to go down in their final game Um, we've beaten Green Bay but we've also uh, you know surprisingly uh, lost to them I do believe um no, no, we didn't lose them. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I sometimes get a little confused. I'm I'm still not entirely used to following NKU. But, you know, 22-8, and eight, I'd love to end it on a positive note. It's not at NKU. Obviously, we're on the road. So we'll just have to wait and see ultimately what happens. Um, but I, I'm just so excited that we got a win. Right State went down. And we can, um, I mean, really get in the top position as we go into the horizon league championship game. And that is what's important. All right. Now we are going to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals and who better than the talk Bengals with than our star studded famous co-host, Brian <laughs> Goins. Welcome. Famous. I mean, you, you are, I play guitar. That's, I mean, that's more than I can say. That's it. <laughs> you you sing too. Don't don't downplay. You also know percussion. Yeah. You also know uh you you make a amazing tambourine player. I'm sure you would be <laughs> better than Will Farrell at the cowbell. So I I'm a jack of all trades, master of none, or I'm a joke of all trades, jack of none. Ooh, ooh, that's, that's a good there you go. That's so, a switch up. There you go. All right, so Bengals, some some interesting questions that we got to talk about. I'm going to switch up the order on you, and I'm sorry about this, but the big news okay. this week was um, Bengals. It was released on Twitterverse that the Bengals were shopping John Ross, and then everyone started freaking out, and then all of a sudden it was like the same thing with the Andy Furman crap uh, where they just all of a sudden were like, nope, psych, Bengals aren't shopping John Ross. Um, 
Hey, are you talking spit about Andy Furman again? Maybe. Uh, Do I have to go back and say and let make sure Andy Furman knows that I have his back? Because I have Andy Furman's I, back. I will text them for you and say that you have his back. You, um, he better know that. Because I, I, you know, I, I have uh, Mr. Furman on speed <coughs> dial. Loud and if clear. He can give me he can give me all of the fake news. So have his back. He could tell me Brett Fuss coming out of Richmond this year, and I'll take it as gospel. Oh, my gosh. All right. So. so. My question to you is, even though they are vehemently denying it and not doing it, supposedly, should the Bengals consider getting rid of John Ross? I don't think so. Um, I think John Ross is the kind of guy who fits right into their system. Um, If you remember at the beginning of the year with the Rams, uh, working, especially working with Jared Goff, um, he, he really came... He came to fruition, or he really became kind of what he was as a quarterback when he had the entire uh, core of Cooper Cup, Sammy Watkins, and uh, Brandon Cooks, which Andy Dalton's that exact same type of quarterback who works with a lot of unique weapons um, where he has a lot of options to to do several different things. And We have so many different faceted players. You have the all-star guy in in A.J. Green. You have uh, Tyler Boyd, who's really become, you know, one of the best route runners in the AFC and you have John Ross who you can just stick on fly routes or maybe a deep post down the field. Uh, and then obviously you have more beyond that with Eifert and Croft and, and what have you. But John Ross is this kind of guy who provides a unique weapon in the passing game. And I think um, the a hundred percent, I think he just did not thrive under the Marvin Lewis system. And I think he can thrive under a more modernized uh, heavy passing attack under Zach Taylor. Um, so I, I am completely against getting rid of John Ross because again, I think I said this when, uh, he had that abysmal rookie season that you, you really won't know a player until his third year's over. So I think this is the season that he proves it. Now, if he's a complete dumpster fire this year, yeah, I'm all for getting rid of him. But, but I, I don't think it's really worth shopping now, especially because he's a unique talent still under a rookie contract. So he's not costing the team a lot of money. And my whole thing with him, I'm kind of in <coughs> agreement with you. Like, Bengals offense thrive when we have that great slot guy like that, um, or or that great like one dimensional talent. Yeah, I mean, look know? at it over the years. We had we had Andre Caldwell and Jerome Simpson. That one year we had Jordan Shipley. I was just uh, gonna say Shipley. <laughs> yeah, I mean Jordan Shipley before he had this horrific accident was his injury was terrible. Back in the day, Chris Henry. I mean Chris mm-hmm. Henry rest in peace he was he was an outstanding slot guy i mean you could go back and and i i really think the slot receiver in the nfl has become uh one of the most vital parts of a passing offense uh i mean look at the patriots they thrive i mean the, julian edelman is a glorified slot receiver uh wes welker was a glorified slot receiver who they made a number one but he thrives on that inside passing attack because you don't really know where they're going to go you could make them match up against a linebacker who's not gonna be able to keep up with a guy who runs a four two forty. That's just facts. So well and and my thing is is you can't really I, I agree. I feel like it was a part of the Marvin Lewis system that was kind of inhibiting him. But you can't really say that he had a bad year. He had fourteen catches, okay, which is yeah, that's that's less than one catch per game. <coughs> but on fourteen receptions, seven touchdowns. Like Yeah, that's, that's unreal. A, that's now, a good equation. <laughs> Now, yeah, absolutely. Now, a lot of people like to uh, they like to say that his big drops were always the, a big bane, but he scored on half of his catches. Now, if he scores on half of his catches and drops, you know, 
less than half of his total receptions. I'm that I'm going to take that. That's a that's a gamble and a percentage I'm willing to take. Um, but it's just because a lot of his big drops came on plays that could have been huge that were on third down. That could have been big momentum swings. But you got to think he was he was essentially a rookie again. Um, mm-hmm. So I and, and it was it was a new passing attack. It was there were so many different things, and I hate to make a million excuses for a guy, but when a guy gets seven reception or seven touchdowns on fourteen receptions, that's a guy I want on my offense because that's a guy that clearly knows how to get into space and and score touchdowns. Which, I mean, think about especially with the Bengals who need to thrive in the red zone or who needed to thrive in the red zone last year with the fact that they had such a balanced attack. Um, you're 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 looking at an incredible value of a guy who can score seven touchdowns. Uh, in that short amount of uh, both targets and receptions and and not to add to the excuses but you know the way I look at it is John Ross when we took him at number nine it was not to be a number one receiver obviously or I mean even the number two we had Boyd we had Green granted Boyd had not you know shown us his true talents yet even though he did last year like you you need a good one-dimensional guy and John Ross, I think, just he he's gonna serve that well. And I think a full season with two help healthy outside receivers who are gonna take up yeah a lot of coverage is going to make him even better. Well, and I, I I'm I'm almost I, this is a, probably an accurate number. I would say eighty to ninety percent of most receivers in the NFL are one dimensional. They have a unique talent that they can project. Um, the guys who aren't one dimensional are your Antonio Browns, your AJ Greens, your Julio Jones, your Cooper Cups. Those are the guys who are your number one receivers. Did you almost say the Julio Jones? You, I did say I almost said Julio Jones, um, but <laughs> I was because I was about to say Julian Edelman. But oh, I think okay, Julian okay, Edelman okay. is one dimensional as well. But even then, a guy like Julian Edelman is winning Super Bowls, and people are considering him for Canton. Yeah. Uh, and he's a one-dimensional guy. He's not. He's not a unique talent. He's he's a one-dimensional guy who gets used well by his quarterback. And that, again, that's eighty to ninety percent of the receivers in the NFL. So I am I, I am completely against getting rid of a guy who has potential to break out this year. So, all right, now switching things, and I know this is um, this next question that I had planned. Me and you probably are not a fan of jointly. Okay. But we're we're gonna have to put on our acting chops that we got in high school, okay? <laughs> and let's say we are not madly in love with Andy Dalton, which we are. Let's make that very clear. We we support Andy Dalton and we want him to be the quarterback next year, okay? And Zach Taylor has made it clear that he wants him to. But in the world of fantasy, let's talk about the draft. There in uh, Mel Kuypers and in Todd. Is it Todd McShay or who is Todd McShay? Yeah, Todd Todd McShay. Both have at the currently now. This is going to probably change after the combine. Um, but currently have at number eleven the Bengals taking Kyler Murray. Do oh uh oh (laughs) (laughs) what? So if like I said, not being the Andy Dalton fans that we are, if we're if we're not thinking that way, if we have Kyler Murray and Devin White, who you made me fall in love with, you know, by bringing him up out of LSU and me watching his film, and my God, you are correct on how talented he mm-hmm. is. And Michael mm-hmm. off the air, you know, gave me a great stat: the man averaged in SEC play almost nine tackles per game. Like, 
that's big. Yeah. Um, yeah. The only, I think the only guy who was really better on the defensive side of the ball in the sec was Josh Allen from Kentucky. Exactly. So, so um, if, if it comes down to it, where, where we have those two, who do you take? I take Devin white 10 times out of 10. Um, I think the Bengals have a huge need to reset their linebacking core. And I think there's nobody better to do that than Devin white. Now here's the thing that's scaring me about Devin white is that people are saying he could end up being a top 10 pick. Um, yeah. They, which, that, that has been the rumor. He's been getting more uh, attention. Yeah. Now that's, we're going to get a final kind of determination of that after this weekend. Um, the you know the scouting combine going on in Indianapolis, um, but I I'm gonna I, I, the Bengals number one need a linebacker way more than they need a quarterback. Um, now that being said, if I if I put myself in in the GM's shoes and I want you know I'm gonna play these hypotheticals that you are with with okay maybe maybe we're not considering Andy Dalton the guy at least you know for the for the next you know, five years or whatever, my, my option is still go after, go after Devin white, go, even if you need to try and trade up to get Devin white, try to trade up to get Devin white. And, um, where I try to accomplish the, where I try to accomplish the quarterback, uh, need, or, you know, possibly somebody to develop, uh, I go after somebody who's, a a veteran quarterback who could the veteran quarterback market is not necessarily filled with all-stars, but it's filled with guys that are at least going to serve as good backups. My, who I would like as a backup quarterback in Cincinnati is Blake Bortles. And I know that that sounds hilarious because I've been down on Blake Bortles for his (laughs) entire career, but Blake Bortles occasionally has his freak Ryan Fitzpatrick Fitz magic games and, and, and serves as a good quarterback. Uh, and he does, he wouldn't have to do it 16 games out of the season. He would just have to be there in the case that our starter gets hurt. Uh, I think Blake Bortles is, is, has pretty much been set up to be a backup quarterback for the rest of his career with that occasional uh, all-star game. And that's where I would fill the quarterback hole because Blake Bortles is only, what, 26 years old. Mm-hmm. So he's got, he's got longevity in him. Um, and he, he'll, he'll serve to be, you know, that AJ McCarron style backup who can, who can be play admirably in a time of need. Um, but I think absolutely in the draft, I'm, I'm doing everything I can to draft somebody, uh, on the defensive side of the ball, particularly the linebacking position, uh, with the Bengals. Cause I, that's, that's a bigger, that's a bigger need right now than the offensive line, which is saying a lot. Well, and so, okay, here, let me now give you the breakdown as to what Kuiper and all them are saying and then ask you to respond to that because I agree. 10 out of mm-hmm. 10, even if I'm not thinking about Andy, um, I still, we need this linebacker. I mean, our linebacking core was laughable. and Well, and, and our, our three starting linebackers didn't even play a down together. Yeah, so we, we, you know, I'm with you with the 10 out of 10. If Devin White's there, that's the guy. But Mm -hmm. since we're doing this hypothetical and this is what Kuiper and McShay are saying, the reason why they have Kyler Murray going there is because, A, he would fit very well in Zach Taylor's offensive scheme. Uh, The Bengals have a ton of weapons, obviously, with Joe Mixon um, and A.J. and Tyler and Ross and, you know, maybe even Eifert, hopefully, um, that, that he would have, you know, probably top five talent around him in terms of getting the ball to. And they said that Kyler Murray essentially takes care of two positions for the Bengals rather than taking care of one in a draft pick in the essence of, you know, 
because, you know, everyone in the media likes to downplay Andy Dalton. So they're saying that it takes care of the QB position for the future. And then it also takes um, care of the offensive line for a little bit, because unlike Andy, Kyler can move around and extend play. And if you're the Bengals and have this great of an offensive team and player and hopefully a great offensive system under Zach Taylor. If you have a quarterback who can extend the play to three to five seconds every time, you're going to be one of the most prolific offenses in the league. And so that is why they think that the Bengals should make the pick on Kyler Murray if he's available. The only way I'll be sold on that is if in the combine, the only way I'll be sold on that is if in the combine, Kyler Murray is the most accurate quarterback, and that's the only, that's it. Like I, I would rather, I there, I would rather Drew Locke. I would rather Drew Locke as a quarterback than than Kyler Murray at this point, um, because Drew Locke is uh, is essentially he's a prototypical Jared Goff, Andy Andy Dalton style quarterback. People were down on Drew Locke because his hands are only nine inches wide or whatever. But uh, he's he's that kind of quarterback who 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 can work within the confines of weapons, and he can scoot around in the pocket a little bit. But the only way I'll be sold on Kyler Murray is if is if his arm comes out to be the best in the combine, and I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, uh, he was amazingly accurate in college, though. Absolutely, but being accurate in college and being accurate in the NFL are two different things. True, he can throw on the run all day long, but he's not going to be throwing on the run. He's going to need to be a drop back passer. He's going to have to learn how to play well on a seven step drop. He's going to have to learn well how to play inside of a five step drop. Sure, you can three step drop and fire on slant routes all day long, but you're talking about more involved passing routes in the NFL. You're talking about having to be able to read a defense, uh, not just on the fly. You're talking about having to do pre snap reads. You're, I mean, there's so much that goes into it that I just don't think Kyler Murray has. It was the same. It, it was it was the same thing with 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 a million guys coming out of college. I mean, look at Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel couldn't pre couldn't perform a pre snap read to save his life, and he was a Heisman winner, just like Kyler Murray. Uh, um, the only guy who I think has really broken that mold uh, from being able to play as an all star, uh, you know, extension play kind of guy, you know, go and go and get the first down, go and get the touchdown kind of guy uh, after the snap. The only guy who's really broken that mold is Baker Mayfield, and that's because his coach knew how to develop him into a good pre-snap reading quarterback. Well, I think um, you're just, you're I, you're not thinking about Russell Wilson. I think that's who you should compare Kyler Murray to because Russell extends plays so much with that bad offensive line. He makes incredible throws. He was a baseball player before a football player. Like Kyler Murray is, in my opinion, Russell Wilson 2.0. But Russell Wilson's arm and Russell Wilson's abilities have developed far beyond, I think, Kyler Murray's ceiling is. Russell Wilson in college was considerably more accurate than Kyler Murray is now. Um so I, I, if, if like I said, I Kyler Murray, I need to be sold. His accuracy in the combine. Um, if he if he comes out and and balls out in, in combine, I'll I'll scoot forward towards his towards the Kyler Murray train. But I just don't see it happening in Cincinnati. I just don't. <sighs> I honestly I wouldn't be surprised and this is just kind of a draft hypothetical outside of the Bengals I wouldn't be surprised if the Cardinals traded Josh Rosen and went after him wait what I'm sorry I missed that you were cut out <laughs> oh I, I and honestly I wouldn't be surprised if in the draft and this is a hypothetical beyond uh beyond the Bengals I wouldn't be surprised if the Cardinals traded up and went after him if they traded Josh Rosen oh yeah 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 
Yeah, that is which would be a stupid move on the Cardinals' part because they need to get receivers there. But well, well, uh, we'll... but I wouldn't be surprised because Cliff Kingsbury is a quarterback guy. Yeah, and he said before taking the job at Arizona that Kyler Murray should be the number one overall pick in the draft. Exactly. And then here he is with the number one overall pick. <laughs> and then he tried to, and then he tried to back up on that. He tried to back, he tried to backtrack on saying that. And yeah. then now he's, and then, and then he comes out and says, yeah, Josh Rosen's our guy for now. <laughs> no, that wasn't him. That was the team president. Oh, that's right. Well, yeah, he, that's he, even worse. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. That's the guy who hired your coach. Yeah. Because the coach, he was like, you know, Josh Rosen's our guy. Definitely. And then all of a sudden, three days later, after everything with Kyle Murray, that's what the team president is like. He's our guy for now. <laughs> yeah. I I wouldn't be surprised if the Cardinals pull some trickery there and try to draft Kyler Murray at number one, which would be stupid. Yeah, but we'll, can we just go ahead and say that that would be really dumb? Well, we're, we're going to talk about this later. OK, mm-hmm. a little tease into our NFL segment that we're going to talk sure. about. Um, we still have a little bit of time to talk um in this Bengal segment with you um mm-hmm. if okay since now let's stop playing the hypothetical we love Andy Dalton we love you we love you we love you join the show mm-hmm. um, absolutely we don't want Kyler <laughs> Murray we want Devin White but like you said let's say Devin White goes before us who do we take then like I, I know some people are projecting that if Devin White goes before we're going to take um this tight end out of uh um, I think Nebraska, but I think that that would be a very dumb decision. It should be offensive line, right? Uh, yeah, I, I would say, I would say offensive line is the way to go. There's always every draft. There's a, there's a huge wealth, uh, especially coming out of like Alabama. They always bring good offensive linemen into the NFL. Um, so I, I would go that route, but I, if, if for some reason, if for some reason, um, Devin White gets drafted. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Bengals try to trade down. And what I would do in their situation is, I would I would try to trade that number. Was it number ten? Who or number eleven? Bengals. Bengals. Eleven. Oh, number eleven. I I would say that I would try to trade down that number eleven pick and try to double up on my linebacking core. So I would try to trade and get get you know maybe a a, a couple late first rounds, maybe a, a, a late first round, early second round, because you also have Devin Bush from Michigan who's available, who is one of the faster linebackers uh, and one of the more athletic linebackers in this draft. Uh, and you also have Mac Wilson from Alabama, who who is who's a, a, an absolute bull of an inside linebacker. So I, and, and Devin Bush played inside linebacker in Michigan, but he can play the outside spot because he, he I think he ran the fastest, 40 time going into college out of any of these linebackers i imagine he's going to run the fastest 40 time coming out of it he's a very uh he's a very jabril pepper style player with a little bit more uh a little bit more bulk to him mm-hmm. um so i i would say because of his sideline to sideline speed if uh if devin white gets drafted i would i would love to see the Bengals trade that number 11 pick get a late first round early second round and 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 hook themselves up with with a pair of linebackers that's the way i would go <sighs> the 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 other projection that I'm also seeing outside of that tight end that I was telling you about, um, it's Iowa. Sorry, that's where he's out of. Um, is maybe taking uh Pharrell, the edge rusher out of Clemson. 
Well, I don't think the Bengals need an edge rusher. That's I a don't, huge thing. I don't either, but maybe... Carl Lawson's a great edge rusher. Uh, you've got, I mean, Sam Hubbard's a great edge rusher. Uh, you've got you've got a wealth of talent behind them developing. You obviously have Dino Acton and Carlos Dunlap, possibly Michael Johnson coming back. The defensive line is set. You just need a little depth, and I don't think you go for depth in the first two rounds. You need an immediate impact player. Yeah, I agree. That that's dumb. And actually, this guy has Devin White going later. There, yeah, Devin, Devin White. Devin White's not going to go any. Devin White's lowest draft number will be eleven. Exactly. Not, it, he's going top 10. Yeah, it'll it'll either be the Bengals pick or someone before them. It will not yeah. be after. Period. Yeah, um, I, like I said, I just and and honestly, like part of me part of me wants i mean obviously you want devin white to build your linebacking core around but i don't think it's the worst thing in the world if the Bengals do have to give up that number 10 pick and go for a twofer on 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 devin white and and the alabama linebacker i i really don't think that that's the worst thing that can happen because you're getting two guys who who can start right away so they're not devin white you know they're not necessarily a threat all the mm-hmm. time, but they're guys that you can really put in and and develop and get a good linebacking core out of them. Because the, the other thing is, the reason I really like Devin Bush is because of his sideline, the sideline speed. Our linebacking core was the slowest in the league. We were getting murdered on inside slant routes, murdered mm-hmm. on them, um, especially on slot guys. We were just getting yeah. We killed. were last. Uh, I think uh, shout out to um, oh, what is his name, Moger. Mm, yeah, Mo Egger. Mo Egger. Mo Egger. <laughs> Rip. Um, he. I would. I was listening to him the other day, and we were thirty second in the league of thirty two teams. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's thirty two. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's thirty two. <laughs> sorry, I was thinking NBA for a second. Lucas learned how many how many teams are in the NFL today, guys. Yay. Um, <laughs> he. We were thirty second in um receptions and yards allowed to running backs and tight ends. And that's exactly. because of our linebacker play. So I would, I, I, my, my priority in the first two rounds is, is absolutely linebackers every time, every single time. So I, I would do that. I would do that and then go for your offensive line talent in, in your third and fourth rounds. But unless, unless somebody who is too hard to pass up in the second round on the offensive line is available, I am, I'm doubling up on linebackers no matter what I do. And speaking of the Bengals defense, as we go into the final minute of this uh, segment, we are, in case you didn't see on Facebook, because nobody liked it. Sorry, I'm going to be a little bit salty about that. Um, <laughs> Sam Hubbard, our offensive star, or offensive, our, offensive star. I meant our defensive rookie star, uh, is going to be joining us next week. Brian will be interviewing him, and it will be on the Friday show for everyone to listen. Um, we are super honored to have him on, and Brian is going to come with those not so hard hitting questions, but fun questions. And <laughs> I won't hit him too hard. I, it, it is great though, because you know, being a local podcast, being a guy who was a Moeller guy, and then went up to Ohio State, unfortunately, and then came <laughs> back and 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 stayed, uh, you know, stayed hometown guy. I'm 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 pretty excited for that. Yeah, he is going to be a great addition to the show. He's excited. We're excited. So make sure you tune in next week, like always, uh, to hear that interview. But uh, this is going to conclude the Bengal segment and the local segment. And as always, go to SeatGeek.com or uh, download the SeatGeek app and use code DoubleTechnical at checkout for $20 off your first ticket purchase. And uh, I, uh, I guess we'll take a quick break. And uh, me and Brian are going to be back to talk some NFL.
And always remember that you can use that SeatGeek promo to buy your season tickets for uh, the USC Trojans in 2021 when Urban Meyer starts coaching. Oh my gosh. Okay, we'll be back (laughs) after this. We are back, and now it is time to talk NFL with the troublesome Brian as he threw in that uh, lovely, lovely uh, prediction about Urban Meyer uh, to end the last segment. Um, I'm so disappointed, but it's probably hey, going to be true. I'm just saying, when so. we get credit for that and it breaks news, and then we invented, you know, we invented like the two year prediction, then, you know. We will I'm just saying, I'll be the Brian. greatest sports analyst of all time. You will, right. definitely. Going down uh, above all those actual journalists. Yeah, um, I, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, NFL, and you kind of alluded to this earlier, so this is why I wanted to kind of hush you wash, uh, up on that. Mm-hmm. Um, it is being rumored that the Arizona Cardinals are thinking about taking Kyler Murray in the first spot of the draft, and then uh, – dishing out Josh Rosen. Now people don't know exactly where Josh Rosen wants to go or or where they would probably deal him to, but I personally have an idea in mind and nobody's reported this. So I'm saying it first, ladies and gentlemen, credit, credit, double technical sports podcast. Yes. Um, that I believe that if they do ultimately decide to draft Kyler Murray, that the package deal will be probably Josh Rosen and a few picks and trade for Antonio Brown on the Steelers. That way the Steelers get their quarterback of the future behind Big Ben and the Arizona Cardinals uh, get a number one receiver for Kyler Murray to throw to in Antonio Brown. Brian, do you like this idea? Should this happen? What are your thoughts? That would be, I wouldn't like the Steelers to get better, but I I think that that I mean if if that's probably the best option they're gonna have as far as getting you know coming away with a lot for Antonio Brown. Um, the thing that the thing that's weird about it is that there are a lot of GMs that are kind of turned away by the attitude of Antonio Brown. Um, but as far as trying to make a big splash, the Cardinals are kind of are kind of desperate for that. Um, so I would I wouldn't be surprised to see them trade for Antonio Brown and then try to pair him up with Kyler Murray to give Kyler Murray like an all-star to throw to. I just think it's the only way that the Steelers are going to win out of trading Antonio Brown is by Yeah, absolutely. I just don't think any GMs want to give any more than like a third round pick for him. Yeah. Which is insane when you're talking about Antonio Brown and the amount of level, but they're looking at him as a quitter because he quit on his entire locker room. Exactly. He, he destroyed his trade value by himself. (laughs) Now, did, uh, did he do that out of spite because he, you know, is is angry at the Steelers and you know is okay with getting traded for a third round pick? Maybe, mm-hmm. but um, you know, if you're the if you're the Steelers, you're trying to get the absolute most out of that, of course. And I don't think anybody's going to be able to offer more than the Cardinals at this point. If so, I like that you just completely agreed to me. I was not ready for that. You know, it only yeah. I mean, it, it makes the most sense. You're you're right on the money when you're saying you get your possible quarterback of the future, who could possibly turn into Landry Jones. Who knows? But <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't think so. I like to. I think the thing is, Josh Rosen got a bad rap um, because he had absolutely no talent around him. He had the by the end of the season, the Cardinals' offensive line looked worse than any offensive line I've 
ever seen in history. And that's not an exaggeration. That was the worst offensive line probably in the history of the NFL. Um, so he had no time to throw the ball, uh, especially in a, in a system where he was having to take deep dropbacks. He had very little receiver talent, um, no tight end that could hold up. So you can't really fault Josh Rosen. And I told you, and I told you a million times, I still think he's the best quarterback to come out of that draft class. I still do. I, I don't, yeah, and I'm not looking down on him either. It just seems that the Arizona Cardinals organization is kind of, honestly, kind of doing what the dumb Browns got in trouble for, and that's being infatuated with this this sexy pick, you know? Yeah. And I think that... I can see them because they're not the greatest organization right now in terms of standings. I see them maybe just being infatuated with the what ifs and, you know, possibly doing this trade to increase their team when you do have someone who is viable and you should build around in Rosen. But, you know, I think if, if I'm Rosen, being traded to the Steelers and yes I know that is our rival but to him it, I feel like that would be a win in his career because now he's going to be somewhere where they are known for supporting their quarterback they are known for building a great team and things like that so I think it, you know it would stink that they would already give up on him after one year that was not even his issue at all it was the fact that the team was just disastrous um, but I think it would be good for him long term. But this, yeah, this could also play into the fact that the Cardinals might be looking to hard reset right now, and they're not going to try and hard reset around a quarterback who was there, you know, before they did that. You know, I think I think the worst thing that happened to the Cardinals was Bruce Arians retiring, mm-hmm. um, because I really I I really love Bruce Arians as a coach. Um, I thought he was a great head coach, and I know he never won a Super Bowl or anything like that. But I think if you were if you were trying to build uh Bruce Arians knows quarterbacks better than most guys in the league and I think if you would have had Bruce Arians coaching Josh Rosen he could have really turned out uh and and been the highlight of that offense but because you had kind of you know you were kind of in limbo between you know who was really working with your quarterback an entire season uh, I think a hard reset for the Cardinals makes the most sense to me do I think that it should happen behind Kyler Murray absolutely not but you know I it's you're right when you when you're saying it's a very browns like thing where they're saying this is the new sexy quarterback let's go after him i mean remember we've watched the browns take brandon whedon with the number uh-huh. or two overall pick in the draft yep so and and, and the, yeah and the other thing is yeah it, it, as far as that scenario for josh rosen that's that's 100 percent the ideal scenario because that i mean the steelers regardless of whether we like it or not the steelers are always a threat always they always find a way um, the only time that I think the only time in my lifetime that the Steelers were not a threat was last year. So, well, and it's just, it's the stability, you know, again, we can be Bengals fans and we can hate them, but you also have to admire the Rooney family in the way that they treat their players and consistently find ways to be a pain in our beeps. You know, yeah, they, yeah, absolutely. they're always I mean, competitive I mean, and you know that they're going to do anything in their power to keep themselves relevant. You will not, you know, if I'm Josh Rosen, you will not go through rebuilding years like you are in Arizona in the Steelers. Never. It just doesn't yeah, work yeah. that way. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't think uh, the Steelers know what a rebuild is because they're constantly, they're just constantly building for the future. Yeah. They're the an Alabama team. Connor, they don't rebuild. They reload. 
Yeah, I mean, the fact that James Conner came out and did Le- Le'Veon's job, Le'Veon Bell's job almost as good as Le'Veon Bell does, I mean, think about it. I mean, that's that's a hunt. That's got to be complete just talent evaluation and and build up, and that's what the Steelers are good at. And I'm I'm sure that they would know how to make Josh Rosen a viable quarterback. I mean, they made Dennis Dixon a good backup behind uh, Ben Roethlisberger for a year, yeah. and Dennis Dixon didn't play in the league anywhere else. You know, they almost beat us with you know a, a event. They could have they could have beaten the Bengals in 2015 with Landry Jones a quarterback. They could have. Yeah. So. Uh, that's that's where I'm at with them. So I, I I think that's a that's a good take. I I would I would I would say that's the best option for them. Sweet. I'm 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 glad that I thought of that. I should uh, <laughs> NFL hire me. Um, or well, uh, NFL team hire me. Front office. I'm ready. Um, <laughs> so the next thing is is uh, I got to talk about this with Michael on last week's show. Um, or I think, yeah, I, I got to talk to him, uh, briefly about the craft ordeal, but we did not get to talk to you about it. So I'm giving you the floor, uh, in case everyone doesn't know, uh, Robert Kraft was char- uh, charged with two counts of soliciting prostitution. Um, he yesterday went to a Florida court and pled not guilty. Um, honestly, what's going to probably come about to everything is he'll probably have to sur- uh, pay a fine, do some community service, and he he will be on his way. So, Brian, what is your first your actual um, responsible thoughts on this whole thing, and then <laughs> go ahead and give whatever jokes that you need to about this situation. Well, I'll, I'll give my yeah, I'll give my I'll give my take first. I think what's going to happen is Roger Goodell's going to try and find some way to drop the hammer on the Patriots organization within like the you know the rules of the NFL. So mm-hmm. I, I you know I I know I think the max fine for an owner is like five hundred thousand dollars. Which well, that's the max that has ever been given, and that was Jim Irsay. When your net worth is six point six billion dollars, that's like nothing. So. I, I don't think that that's a big deal. I don't know. It's weird. I, you never really know what the NFL can do about owners getting in trouble. I mean, obviously we saw the Jim Irsay thing happen, but like, you never really know what's what what the outcome of that's going to be. Um, so I, I don't really know what to make of that situation because I feel like owners are in this in this weird like almost hollowed ground scenario not hollowed ground but like owners are almost in this invincible scenario where it's like well they own the team it's nobody within within the actual organization that that has like an active participation you know you can't that you can suspend them for games but the, i mean seriously you're gonna suspend an owner for a game he can't go watch it in his in his in his giant press box so he's gonna go watch it in his giant house so I don't really know what to make of of what the outcome of that's going to be from an NFL standpoint. Um, there were rumors of hit, like Robert Kraft having this knowledge of this human trafficking thing. I don't think they're. I, I think it's unfounded. Like I don't think there's really any of that going on. Now, if that is the case, and that's terrible, and I think Robert Kraft should be forced to sell the Patriots and not be involved with that organization, but I don't, I, I don't think that that's really a founded claim. I was about uh-uh. to say, like, let me let me throw this, you know, at you. This is something that I've been hearing, you know, a lot of different views, but I, I personally am a huge fan of the Dan Lebitard show. Okay, and mm-hmm. I think that they talked about this correctly. Like, they they've, you know, it, it, like you said, there's been no evidence showing that he knew that this was a human trafficking thing okay Uh so 
take that out of the equation. Now, if that ends up being a part of the equation, then it's a different conversation. But, mm-hmm. it, you know, did not know. Yes, soliciting prostitution is not a good look. But <laughs> in um, certain states, it's legal. Like, yeah. so you're talking about this man is getting in trouble and it's being blown up publicly because he was in the wrong state. Like, <laughs> y- you know, like, so I just think it's, we're blowing it up because it's the Patriots and because it's Rob Kraft. Yeah. yeah. And we just love to find ways to poke fun at them. When this man lost his wife to cancer, he's given over $400 million to charity and, and simply just forgot that he was not in Vegas, that he was in Florida. Like it, it's, I don't know. It's just a weird situation altogether. Yeah. I mean, and now like, and I'll give you kind of my, I'll give you like my, my hardest take on it. Um, he Bob visited like day of the AFC championship game. And I think honestly that proves that the chiefs were a really scary team because I think Bob Kraft was worried that he wasn't going to get a happy ending at the end of the day. So he wanted to get one at the beginning of the day. He wanted to have at least one happy ending on AFC championship Sunday. That was very cheesy of you, sir. I'm just saying he wanted a happy ending. I know you're making a cheese joke because craft cheese, but it has nothing to do with it. I did it, Michael. I did it. (laughs) So I, it's really funny because I think a lot of people are making, they're trying to say like the Steelers are the, are the most dysfunctional organization in the NFL right now because of the Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown thing. And I think Bob Kraft came out and said, hold my Johnson. (laughs) Um, Literally. I'm going to, I'm going to prove. Oh my gosh. I'm going to prove. So, you know, I, I think I honestly the other thing is I'm really excited to uh I'm really excited for fantasy football this season because I'm absolutely going to join a league that's that's either called the Rub and Tug or um the uh Orchids of Asia Day Spa league. Oh my gosh. So, I hope I, I hope Rub and Tug is okay to say on a clean podcast. <laughs> Who cares? Um, Who cares? So, yeah, that you're bad, man. Those I knew I'm just, I mean I'm, I'm just saying I had to get I had to get them all out. My biggest my biggest one was the happy ending. That was it. Uh, I mean, my thing is is we at least now know that he can last fourteen minutes longer than Bettino. Right, right, and also um, maybe he maybe he doesn't think the Patriots are going to win another Super Bowl. So instead of getting a seventh Super Bowl ring, he just wanted to add a prostitution ring to it. Oh my gosh! All right, we are now going okay. to right. move on. Because (laughs) so uh, big news came out yesterday uh, that uh, Jason Witten did so horrific on Monday Night Football that (laughs) he decided that he is going to return from retirement and the Cowboys are re-signing him back on to be their tight end for the next season. What are your thoughts on that? Um, it's gonna be really funny when he gets injured in week two. Oh my gosh, that's not funny. I mean, no, I mean, just think about it. Because, like, he was so bad. He was so bad on Monday Night Football. I'm, I'm just, he was so, so, so bad on Monday Night Football. They were really um, hoping that Romo rubbed up on him. Yeah, no, and that's not the case. But I honestly think, because I think one of the rumored hires to, like, replace him is Greg Olson, the old Panthers tight end. Ooh, that would be, I would watch that. He's from the U, man. He's interesting. <laughs> And Greg Olson and I have I, I I will have to do I'll have to show you off air, but I have a very funny thing about Greg Olson um, uh, that I want to show you. But again, we can wait for that to be off air because 
it's wildly inappropriate and, uh, and it's the most Miami university thing in the mid two thousands, early two thousands that could ever happen. But anyways, um, I, Greg Olson also has an opportunity to go back and play for the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would be really funny if Greg Olson decided to take the Monday night football job and then Jason Witten gets injured on Monday night football for the rest of the season. Um, that's just a scenario that I was playing in my head. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I don't really know. I don't really know what to make of that. I mean, Jason Witten, Jason Witten is obviously one of the best tight end tight ends of, of all time. I I think I think he I think he's the best, probably probably the best tight end not named Antonio Gates to not win a Super Bowl. Is that fair? You think that's fair? Um, I think it's fair. I think that's fair. Uh, he came I mean, in an era with a lot of good tight ends too. Yeah, I Ooh. mean, he I put him in the same class as like Tony Gonzalez. Um, yeah, and know, I don't think Tony Gonzalez won the Super Bowl either. He didn't. Um, you yeah, know, he those those tight ends that they they weren't like wow f- physicality wise, but they were just like the sure thing. Like yeah, you was, did yeah. not have to question their work ethic. You did not have to question their catching skills, and it did also seemed like Father Time never really caught up to them. They kind of ended it on their own terms. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so. Sure, it's great that he's going to go back and play one more season, but I just, I, I, I wonder if this is just so people, because you know, time is kind to those who had one failed year on on uh, Monday Night Football. Time is very kind to them, so I, I think maybe you know he'll be forgotten over over time as a terrible Monday Night Football guy, and maybe he's just trying to still get that million dollar paycheck that he's not going to be able to get anywhere else because <laughs> no, I don't think any network's going to sign him. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting because he's going into, I think, a good Cowboys team. But I was I about to say, what, Cowboys team that's what do you re- think? I don't, sorry, I don't mean to keep I don't, I don't, you. I don't know if the Cowboys are really going to be a deep playoff threat for a while. Well, I mean, we at least know that their playoff team does him coming. Let's let's say he comes back and I, I, I feel like there's no way he's going to be the Jason Witten that retired. Um, but let's say he is formidable and uh, effective. Like, does that help them a lot? Like, do, does that make them a little bit better having more than just uh, Zeke and Cooper? I mean, it does make them better in the passing game. Um, I th- absolutely. I mean, whether whether he's a whether he's a, a consistent you know vertical tight end threat or whether he's he's you know the guy that you call on for third downs only. Um, he's he's a good enough tight end to to make a difference in the passing game, but I don't think that's necessarily what is what's lacking in, in, in the Cowboys scenario after they signed Amari Cooper. I mean, they need some support in the passing game, but I really don't, I don't know if, if, if he's going to be the difference, but it's just an interesting thing because I don't know if the Cowboys are really a, a, a Super Bowl caliber team. And I don't know if they will be for a little while. I think after Dak Prescott get paid, uh, and then they're they're forced to wisely spend their money on supporting casts. Um, maybe things change, but I don't think right now they're a Super Bowl threat. So uh, it's it's an interesting decision on Witten's behalf. I mean, it's it was obvious he wasn't going to come back to Monday Night Football. So yeah, I don't I don't really know what to make of that. So two more questions before we end this NFL segment. Uh, one, okay, this is this is a uh, a funny question. If the whole situation with Robert Kraft was Jerry Jones, um, do you think that he pleads not guilty or does he come out and say that he was proud of doing it? 
Uh, probably. I mean, Jerry Jones has always been a guy that could like. I don't know. He's always been a guy who's kind of stood his ground. So, I could see the latter being the case. <laughs> I I just feel I, I I heard people talking about that, and I feel like he he would have came right out of that shop and been like, "Yep, that happened." Your point. Yeah, what I mean, Jerry, he, probably would've, he probably would have. He probably would have just. I feel like I feel like once Jerry Jones gets like his his you know his bottle of Johnny Walker Blue in him, like he's. <laughs> <laughs> so i think it's gonna go that route <laughs> oh my gosh as soon as he gets <laughs> uh, I'm, just, I'm just saying Jer- jerry jones is like he's like the like he's the wild bill hickok of like nfl owners like, i know like that's why it would be so different if it was him <laughs> i know i'm i really i kind of wish part of me wishes it would be jerry jones because that's that's the kind of like the bob craft story will probably like it probably won't be a big deal by 2020. I don't think so. Uh-huh. But I think if it were Jerry Jones, like I feel like Jerry Jones would find a way to allow it to be brought up like every year. Oh, he'd probably mention it in like let's say they win the Super Bowl. He'd mention it in the Super Bowl speech. Yeah, he'd be like, "I'd like to thank the Orchids of Asia Day Spa." <laughs> that would be his. That would be his speech holding the Lombardi Trophy. Oh like, I couldn't have done it without you guys. And obviously, ladies and gentlemen, listening to this, uh, we, we, you know, we're, we're making light of this situation, but just in the NFL stance, not the human trafficking stance. That is horrendous. Yeah, and we do not. But the thing is, like, yeah, I think that I think it's 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 perfectly fine to make jokes about it. I, I think because I think there's two separate things. They're not this, you know, they're two side by side scenarios that have nothing to do with each other until unless Bob Kraft gets implicated in it, which I again I don't think is going to be the case. Mm-hmm. So, I, I I don't know. I think the jokes. I think the jokes are fine. I think the jokes should keep on coming, and I'm going to keep making them. So, all right. Um, now, uh, the last question, which is a, a serious question, um, and it goes back to the Arizona Cardinals again because of that number one pick. Um, if they are full into getting a new quarterback, do you choose Kyler Murray or Dwayne Haskins? I choose Dwayne Haskins. Now, do I think Dwayne Haskins is going to be uh, like an all-star quarterback in the NFL? That remains to be seen. But I choose Dwayne Haskins. Is that because he's more prototype? Yeah, I mean he's a he he yeah he's he's one hundred percent the better he's the better drop back passer. He can still move in the pocket. He's got a he's his arm is nine times a million times better than Kyler Murray's. Um, now. It remains to be seen whether or not he, you know, how his how his how his reading of the defense and his and his, his quick decision making before the snap and whatnot. The same thing with Kyler Murray, but I am going to say that Dwayne Haskins has proven himself to be more of an NFL ready quarterback, especially at this juncture. Um, I would I would go with him a, a hundred times, um, just because I think he's more ready to make an immediate impact on a roster um, now. If the Cardinals want to go the route of keeping Josh Rosen as their guy and still drafting a quarterback for whatever reason, um, then maybe you go with Kyler Murray just to just to have that you know Lamar Jackson style uh, backup. But I don't see that happening. Um, but you know, I think the I think the best scenario the Cardinals can come away with is is Nick Bosa, and I still think the Giants are going to find a way to get a hold of Dwayne Haskins. Um, and I think that's the best scenario for all parties involved. Um, because I think I think the only team I the only two teams I would say that would realistically consider Kyler Murray over Dwayne Haskins would be the Cardinals and the Raiders, because 
John Gruden, I don't know what it is. He 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 always sees things and finds ways to make quarterbacks do more than expected of them. Um, obviously, that wasn't necessarily the case with Derek Carr, but I think Derek Carr's been on the decline before John Gruden came to town. Um, but I I would only see him kind of taking that chance on Kyler Murray and, and, and making something come out of Kyler Murray that you wouldn't expect. John Gruden, uh, <coughs> in his QB camp videos, he would have found a way to bring yeah. in um, – I'm trying to think of someone who was absolutely horrendous. Uh, who Ryan Tannehill? No, 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 no. Uh, like, uh, who's that guy that was in the NFL for one season out of uh, Penn State and now plays in the AAF? Christian Hackenberg. Yeah, he would have had yeah. uh, sit down with Hackenberg and been like, listen, guys, this this man is, is a future number one draft pick. I, love I like his- this Christian Hackenberg guy. <laughs> I think he's a quarterback of the future, man. Like I, he falls so in love funny. with every quarterback he's ever met. Ever. Yeah, but but the thing is, you know. But again, it's that thing where he sees, and and I swear, people think I'm crazy for thinking this, but I don't think anybody knows how how to find a strength how how to find strengths in a quarterback more than John Gruden. I really think that, um, and I, I I'm I'm sure that he's going to find a way to go after a quarterback in the next couple of years because I I think the Derek Carr era is slowly coming to an end, as much as I don't like to say it, um. But I, I I really think that John Gruden is gonna he's gonna see something in a quarterback even if it's like Drew Locke or uh, Daniel Jones from Duke like he's gonna see something in them and he's gonna make them a better quarterback than than any other team could. So if it's Kyler Murray, I then hats off to him. Um, but I would I, the only other team besides the or besides the Cardinals that would go after Kyler Murray over Dwayne Haskins would be the Raiders. All right, we got four. And even then, like <laughs> Say that again? <laughs> Say that again? I didn't you hear just that went at all. so quiet. Well, because no, you I thought you were going to keep talking. Um Oh. So oh, you stopped. Yeah, I stopped. I thought I, you cut out. No, no, no. I was no. Like, oh, we lost the whole episode. <laughs> no. Um, that I'm leaving that in there. Nice awkward moment. Um, so what, anyways, what I was going to say is we have, well, we had four minutes. Now we have three minutes after that stunning silence. Um, rapid fire questions. You think you're ready? <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, San Francisco, would they be dumb not to take Josh Allen? Uh, yeah, they would be very dumb. Any team would be very dumb not to take Josh Allen if he was available. Uh, Zion Williamson, should he play another down for Duke? Another down? Downs I know. don't happen in basketball. Shut up. So, no, he should. <laughs> should he play another game <laughs> no, for I, Duke? I, yes. Yes, he should. Um, because I'm kind of in that, in that Dick Vitale, uh, mentality of I, no players should make themselves bigger than the team. So I, I'm okay with I'm okay with Zion Williamson playing again. Um, does it does it potentially risk him getting hurt again? Absolutely, but you take that risk. You sign up for a whole year of college basketball. Play a whole year of college basketball. This is rapid fire, Brian. Um, sorry, you're good. I'm just kidding. Um, uh, sorry, I'm trying to think of questions off the top of my head. Um, should the uh, Wildcats be a one or a two seed? A two seed. Do you want them to be a one seed? No. I do not want them to be a one seed because I think that that takes the target off the back. Okay. I, you're in total agreement with Michael. Um, 
is the Weffern, Weffern, Western Conference in the NBA too overpowered? These are rapid fire questions, Lucas. I'm sorry. Yes, it is. Absolutely. It's it's a hundred percent. Yeah, that's no question. If you're NBA free agent, would you go to the East because of how easy it is? I would go to the team that best fits my skill set. Um this is the NFL segment, and all I'm coming up with basketball questions. Oh uh, that's okay. I'm I'm willing to answer basketball questions too. Uh okay, Remember, I'll I'm ask a, you I'm this. Um Wade Buzzer beater or LeBron buzzer beater? Who was better? Wade buzzer beater. And your reasoning? The Wade buzzer beater was silly. <laughs> like the Wade buzzer beater was dumb. Like it shouldn't have happened. But it did because it, he's amazing. Yeah, that was that was an incredible shot. N- nothing against LeBron James. I mean, a little bit against LeBron James. Um, I've got a hot take on him that I'm going to save until later in the NBA season. But okay, um, yeah, Dwayne Wade. You know this. You're gonna love this topic and you're gonna hate this topic at the same time. But it's gonna it's I'm gonna wait until later in the season and you'll find out why when we get later in the season. Okay. Uh but Wade Buzz Beater. <laughs> Celtics. Get rid of Kyrie. Yes. Sorry, I know that He's wasn't very He's proper English. But <laughs> um No, it's okay. It's okay. Celtics, Kyrie, no, gone? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, get rid of Kyrie. Uh Nick tearing that locker room apart. Knicks, should they sign Kyrie? I mean, they're desperate for all-stars. They're, that's going to be the only player I think they could reasonably sign. It seems like nobody else wants to make them a destination. So, yes. And last rapid-fire question, um, would that be a mistake to sign Kyrie? Um, any team that's not the New York Knicks, I would say, yeah. I mean, the only reason I say the Knicks is because of their desperate need for star power. But if, like, if like the Clippers sign Kyrie, which I don't, that would make no sense. I don't know why I picked them, but, like, if any team who needs a point guard who has like supporting cat like supporting talent, that's not really the Knicks or maybe the Lakers because LeBron James knows how to work with Kyrie. Um, it it would be a dumb decision because he I think he's he's I think he's checked out. I think he's kind of done with it all. He's he's the the DWIA guy in 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 Boston. So I, I would say that yeah, it would be dumb to sign him because it's he's he he gives up quick. All right. Well, that concludes the NFL so, segment with a bunch, of, a bunch of rapid fire NBA questions. So that's very fitting for this show. the NFL segment. Um, so thank you for joining us, sir. We greatly appreciate it. Now we are going to talk some NBA and rejoining me, or I guess, you know, you think he's just lurking in the background now after the beginning of the show is Michael <laughs> and he's going to talk NBA. So welcome back, sir. Um, and I just got to always talk basketball with you. You, you're a man who knows basketball. Where does that come from? It's the best sport. And I live in Kentucky. That sums it up. I I realized, I realized Kansas invented basketball, but Kentucky perfected it. And so that's like, that's everything. That, that is a beautiful slogan. We're going to make that a t-shirt. All right. (laughs) We'll we'll sell it to the fans because that's the truth. Like, when you think basketball, it goes to Kentucky. I, I do not think Kansas, but maybe it's biased since I was born here. I don't know. Um, yeah. So NBA, the what Kentucky does not have is an NBA team, but um, we have to talk about it. So 
uh, on Wednesday, we had two exciting NBA buzzer beaters that I just want to lead into this. Uh, Dwayne Wade hit a buzzer beater to beat the Golden State Warriors. Uh, my Miami Heat. I love them. Love D. Wade. Sorry, just had to get that out there. Um, we have Bam. So, you know, those UK fans, you should definitely cheer for Miami Heat. Um, and then LeBron also hit a game winner versus the Pelicans with former UK alum Anthony Davis sitting on the bench in the fourth quarter because they are, quote unquote, limiting his minutes um, because uh, they don't want him to get hurt and lose trade value. Um, so it, did you get a chance to watch those two buzzer beaters? I, I've seen both of the buzzer beaters, yes. All right, so afterwards, uh, after LeBron's, I should say, because Wade's happened first, uh, they showed LeBron in the locker room, Wade hitting the shot, and he sat there for a minute, and he was like, yeah, I think mine was better. He's like, I, I, I had a contested defender. He just kind of threw up the ball and got lucky. Um, so who whose <laughs> buzzer beater was more impressive to you? I, I don't even think it's an argument. Dwayne Wade's buzzer beater was awesome. He got blocked and still made the shot. Exactly. See, <laughs> LeBron, he he was just feeling himself because yeah, KD because he's freaking got the wingspan of a truck. Okay? He blocked it after being 5 feet behind Wade. Um <laughs> and he still I don't even know exactly how he did it. The ball just happened to fall in. He had one foot behind the three-point line and threw it up and he did not call bank. He called game. And Yeah, I mean, yeah. No, it's <laughs> multiple Wade, multiple NBA champion and probably if it existed would be multiple time um hot potato champion. I mean, he basically <laughs> got that ball out of his hand the instant it touched it and it went in. I mean, that's just talent. Hot potato champion. That's an amazing line. Oh my gosh. I <laughs> that's great. He well, and what people don't realize if you're not as a you know, if you're not a Miami fan like I am, Wade hits he's hit so many game winners like that. Like he has a, a very famous one that most people know when he was in the playoffs, he blocked the ball and then just decides to like go for uh, a like starts acting like he's doing a layup from the three point line with like two seconds left and then just jumps from one foot from like in between the free throw and the three point and just lobs it up and hits it as the game as the buzzer goes off he's always great at those weird shots that make no sense and I just love that it happened against the Warriors like yeah you know I don't I don't know. My Miami Heat is not very good this year. We're six games or so under five hundred. So it, it was just a win in my record book. So the fact that you agree with my uh evaluation of those buzzer beaters just makes me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> but kinda to the reason why I wanted to bring that up is I want to talk about LeBron. LeBron had to play quite a bit of minutes last night to get a narrow victory over a Anthony Davis-less Pelicans. And my question to you is, do you, first off, do you think that LeBron can get this Laker team into the playoffs uh, in the Western Conference? And then the second question is, if not, 
does this tarnish LeBron's legacy at all with, you know, how much they've struggled? Okay, the the answer to the playoffs, possibly, but I don't think it matters because even if he does get them to the playoffs, they're a first round out team. Definitely. They're just not good enough. Um, and no, I don't think this hurts his legacy at all. I mean, he moved there to be the key piece of building a an empire that could take down Golden State. And he needs next year to happen to get the other pieces for that. He's still gonna he's still gonna retire, in my opinion, um, after he beats the all time scoring record. Mm-hmm. So I he's still gonna go down as the greatest. I, I mean it's it's not in not making the playoffs one year is not going to take that away in my eyes at least. Well, I know Stephen A. Smith, if if you're a fan of his, um, has been ranting on that. Uh, I guess you could call our uh, adversary network ESPN. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, hire us. Um, so he he's been saying, you know, this the kind of working as the the side against his legacy even though I I agree with you, but he's been saying this the fact what hurts him really is not if they do or don't make the playoffs, it's the way he's looked this year. You know, we've seen LeBron um go from this defensive megastar I mean that was the one thing that you never question LeBron is his defensive skills and people even young players when they get LeBron on them they're kind of having a field day and there's so many more of these videos and things that pop up that we see where he's standing around he's not putting max effort and I know he's probably conserving because he is getting older and father time does eventually catch up with you but basically the reason why I say the tarnish is because we always think is LeBron James is the best player in the world. And I don't know if he's looked like the best player in the NBA this year. Yeah. And he he hasn't, but you know, and you hate to say this, but it is the NBA. So you know what happens, but did he go into this year knowing it was going nowhere? I mean, if he did, then maybe he's just kind of going through the motions to save himself for next year. Yeah. I Which, I mean, teams have lost on purpose to get draft picks before. I mean, <laughs> it really isn't, it isn't unseen in the NBA. He very well could be going through the motions a little bit this year because he knows they don't have a shot at winning it this year. But then come back next year when he's got some help, I, I think he'll be back up to that elite, defensive style play that he's so known for yeah I think this year's just been like an oddity for him like he I mean he had a little bit of a glimpse of it in Cleveland last year Um, but when you're in the east which is a depleted conference you know he can still power through but the west you gotta have multiple pieces to be successful and I think that just to him, I don't think he necessarily planned on this being a down year. You know what I'm saying? But I think that he, wow. I just completely lost my train of thought. (laughs) I was, I was so ready to, to give some deep knowledge. And now, and I think that's what happens to him during the games. He's just like, (laughs) Oh man, we're going to win the championship this year. And then he's like, no, we're not even that good. I wonder what Wade's doing. <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah, that, that's why he's not playing defense. 
yeah, he, I don't know it. He, I hope he does return to a higher level defensively, especially, um, because I don't know. It's just weird not thinking LeBron being LeBron. You know what I'm saying? The yeah. father time is not supposed to catch up with him. So let he's supposed to be the Tom Brady of the NBA. And I don't know if that's going to be that way or not. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I really want him to beat the all-time scoring record because I don't think anyone else is ever going to have the chance to do it. And I, I, he's going to be the best. He's the best chance we have. And that's just so record breaking that I want to see that. I agree. I always thought that that was probably his, uh, like second personal goal outside of championships is I think that looking at his longevity, the way that he has majority of his career kept his body very healthy. Um, I think he eyes that as well because I mean, he is, has he crested 30,000 already? I, th- I don't know. I think he's, he's third on the list now. Third. Yeah. Behind probably, well, obviously Kareem, but then is it MJ? No, I think he's above MJ. Hold on, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to do a uh, quick Google search because I I am very curious as to what the facts are about this. Uh, Michael Filibuster. Okay, so he's still, he's fifth. (laughs) He's fifth. Fifth, yep. You, okay. you Google and that faster still, than me. Um, he's slightly behind. I mean, and I honestly, I don't know. This is on ESPN, so I don't know when the last time they updated this is. Uh-huh. Um, but he's got thirty two thousand one hundred ninety five. He's Jordan has thirty two thousand two hundred ninety two, and Kobe has thirty three thousand six hundred forty three. So I mean, those are doable. He's. So yeah, he's a basically math Lucas. He's six thousand points behind Kareem. Um, yeah, and I and then Malone's number two. Yeah, at with thirty six. Um, almost thirty seven. Yeah, yeah, he which that's so crazy. I never thought that Malone scored that much, but I guess obviously he did. Um, he played a long time too, and I think that's the whole thing is. It, he's not going to score 2000 in a season anymore, but um, if he can just still be effective and play five more years, he'll get it. Um, yeah. And I know his goal is he does want to, he does want to play against uh junior. So uh, he'll be in the league in four years. So <laughs> <laughs> that is ultimate goals. Have we ever had a son versus father in the NBA? Oh, I feel like we have though. You think? Or is it, it? It's happened in baseball for sure. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's happened in the NBA, which that would uh, be crazy. I mean, that would be crazy. Could you imagine playing your child like at the highest profession possible? <laughs> uh, yeah. No, it doesn't look like that's happened in the NBA. Yeah, it hasn't. Uh, at least. That's what Google says. Uh, shout yeah. out Google, sponsor us. Um, <laughs> we use you over uh, the competitors. So, um, the the next thing with the NBA is what is happening with the Celtics. Man, they are 
imploding and everyone thought I personally thought that they were going to be the number one seed out of the east and actually have a chance to rival um the Warriors in the NBA finals and now I I don't think they're gonna get past the semifinals or the finals in the Eastern Conference um what are your thoughts on the Celtics situation and you know ultimately should they bring back Kyrie, who seems to be the issue, uh, when they can re-sign him on July 1st, I think it is? Yeah, um, I, I don't know what's going on with that organization. They, they, It looked like they, and I guess they still have all the pieces, but it looked like they were a year or two away from having enough picks and enough money to basically get whoever they wanted. And mm-hmm. they just are imploding for some reason. I, I don't understand it. I mean, there's all those rumors that uh, Kyrie and LeBron didn't get along and everyone, I, I think I, I feel like most people were like LeBron's just has to be in charge. But from where I'm standing, Kyrie is, I, I don't want him on my team. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to be your building block and he's playing and he's acted more like the bulldozer. I mean, he's tearing that team apart. I, I would get rid of him. Not not even take a chance on re-signing him at all, even though he's one of no. the top five in the league as far as point guards. Yeah, let him go. There's other point guards out there. Wow. Uh, I, I don't disagree with you. Uh, I think he's honestly stifling a lot of that young talent. Like, it, the, we have Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and uh, Terry Rozier out of Gross Louisville. Um, and all these young players and I feel like Kyrie coming back has just destroyed their seasons. I I, like, they are not playing up to what they played last year when he was injured majority of the year. And it's crazy, but it's one of those situations where talent doesn't always equal good, you know, for the organization. Yeah. it, It, you know, if we can see that from the outside, then is it by re-signing him, is that going to cause some free agents to be like, you know what, I don't want to have to deal with him. I'm not going to go to the Celtics. I'll sign somewhere else. Well, And I don't know how much that's happening behind the scenes. I don't even know if he has that reputation. I mean, I know a lot of players personally like him, but I don't know how many players enjoy playing with him because that is, right. that is a different thing. And I know all the rumors are leading now. If he, the Celtics do not try to resign him, he wants to go to the Knicks. So I know I didn't really have this question wrote down, but um, should the Knicks even pursue them? Because like you said, what if they do sign him and now the Knicks have done kind of what they did with Carmelo and uh, sign somebody who doesn't play very well with others. And now we're in trouble. I mean, that's a very Knicks thing to do. Very true. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that answers the question. If the Knicks do sign him, then we know he is, in fact, a difficult person to play with. (laughs) You just you wouldn't think it because of there was no like signs of that when he first was in Cleveland before LeBron came back. It's it's almost like, you know, they won that championship and he you know, started becoming a, I mean, he's a movie star technically. I mean, he had his own movie. Um, and it's almost like he's got a little too big for his britches. Yeah. And he's definitely, you know, a little diva, but 
here's the thing in basketball, what's the one number one position that you cannot be a selfish player at? Point guard. Right. And and that, I feel like that's him. But, but why? Because there were so many years when he looked like he was not like that. He was doing so well. But is that just what happens when you're the star player on a horrendous team? You look good. I guess so. <laughs> I I don't know. It's it, yeah. It is interesting. But you know, and it's the same boat. It's like sometimes you have guys that are scores, which obviously you want, but. I asked the same thing with Houston and with Oklahoma City. They have two of the best scorers in the NBA today, but they need the ball in their hands the entire game. Mm-hmm. And that hasn't as yet to get either one of them really close to a NBA championship. Well, but that's where I would say that Russell Westbrook has really made an adjustment this year. The, the fact that Paul George is in the MVP conversation shows that he's yeah. trying to make that adjustment. Um, you know, he he's really trying to not be as ball dominant as he has been because he has this other superstar next to him. And you think Kyrie would try to make that adjustment and get everyone else involved. I mean, Kyrie is great for the Celtics to have in late game situations. He is somebody that you can put out there and be like, Hey, I got some young guys, you know, y'all do your thing. But at the end of the day, let Kyrie shoot it because he is proven obviously as he hit the game winner for Cleveland in game seven, he can hit those clutch shots and he can be very effective when needed, when you need an offensive boost. But it's like, he's, he's good for nothing else. (laughs) Right. That is it. (laughs) The Celtics got their last championship with a point guard that was not a scorer. And uh, what what college did he go to again? Um, uh... Uh, UK, yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> no, but like I mean, and honestly, and that that was it. And if that's what the Celtics want to do, which it seems like they want to do, is they want to get a couple superstars, get get a get a big three in there again. They don't need him to be one of those three. You need a guy who's going to get the ball to all those people. Yeah, I, well, I think you could find that point guard out there in the league. Well, and my thing is they already really have their big three. I mean, Tatum, Brown, and Hayward, okay? All studs, all can be on the floor at the same time. They share the ball very well, and they're very effective. They just need someone who, like you said, just plays team ball. Like, I, go out and get any point guard who – can assist very well. I know uh, there's been a lot of rumors that they they want to go after Kimba Walker. Yeah, that would be good. Because even though he is known for scoring, he yeah. does very well at facilitating. But what if this is another Kyrie thing where because he plays in crappy Charlotte, you know, he looks so good and then we get him there and then we have issues. Yeah, I think one of the differences could be, though, is that Kemba hasn't won the NBA championship. True. He might not think as highly of, I could do it all on my own. I did it once before. Yeah. It it'll it this this is what I love about the NBA the the drama the off season yeah. stuff this is like even when they are not on the court playing there's always something fun and interesting going on and and let's be honest if the big three you just mentioned are the Celtics big three they're at best the fifth best team in the West. Yeah. Which is that's not, 
that that's more like a you know medium three <laughs> just medium i mean just medium uh, i'm surprised you're given that so are the golden states uh to throw back the supersized yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! For for those who understand that reference, that means you're equally as old as us and or older. Uh, for those who don't, uh, you probably don't have as many health issues as we do. Uh, <laughs> but so we kind of to transition from that. Um, with we're in the final twenty game stretch of the NBA season. Um, we we know really what these teams have to offer. Who is your pick to get to the NBA Finals out of both conferences? And if you if you feel strong enough, who do you think is going to win? Well, I, I I think the Warriors are going to win. <laughs> that 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 was uneventful. <laughs> that yeah, I mean that's kind of where the NBA is right now. It, it's yeah, the Warriors don't look invincible right now, but they're figuring it out, and they're figuring it out quickly. You have four legitimate all-stars. I mean, some could say five legitimate all-stars starting for your team. You're going to win the NBA championship. Who, I, I just don't think anyone can beat them in a seven-game series. Who Who is the some would say five? Who's the fifth that you were questioning? Green. <laughs> I, I had a feeling that was that. I was like, I hope you're not yeah, saying oh, that no, about Boogie. Not my boy DeMarcus. You kidding me? No. <laughs> Shout out to Marcus. Come on the show. Um, <laughs> that would be amazing, actually. Uh, he yeah. would be a great interview. Um, oh, yeah, he would. So, w- well, it l- who do you think is going to come out of the East and try to rival them, though? I think it's going to be the Raptors. You, you do? Interesting. Yeah. Not not Giannis Antetokounmpo? I uh, love watching him play, but I I just feel like the Raptors – are going to win the seven-game series. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's close. It's either one of those two teams, but I mean, I, there's no one else in the East, really. I mean, Philly's okay, but I don't think Philly's good enough to do it. No, even though I think the NBA truly wants that um, because yeah. I think uh, they have a very interesting squad, young squad that people would enjoy watching in the finals. Um, I don't I, – I'm conflicted with you as well. Just – I I want to see Giannis. Okay, he's yeah. the 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 work effort and what he's done and the commitment to Milwaukee, kind of like we see with the original or the old NBA. You know, he's sticking with the squad, just like Damian Lillard. You know, not jumping places, wanting to make that team successful. I really want to see him go far. Um, but then I, I'm with you. I think Kawhi Leonard. I knew he was great, but I didn't think he was this great. Like, I he he finally has the Raptors looking like, oh, they'll actually win a playoff series and not just all of a sudden get blown out. Granted, LeBron is no longer in the East to destroy them every time, <laughs> but, you know, they look actually f- confident. And do you, I mean, this is kind of actually a switch up on what we're talking about, but do you think this great year has made it to where Kawhi might re-sign there? I don't know. That's possible. I still think he goes somewhere else. I and and I think he even goes somewhere else after he takes his team to the finals. Because okay, so you're gonna look at these two superstars mm-hmm. on these two teams. Who are you who are you trusting more 
at the end of a game in deep in the playoffs. I think I trust Leonard more. Yeah, I would agree. He's been there. He's an NBA Finals uh, MVP. And I I think that's the difference in the Raptors getting there and Milwaukee not. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's it's interesting. Now, if you're a free agent coming up this next year, like a star, okay? Yeah. Why would you not want to go to the East? Like just straight up, why why would you not want the cakewalk? What it, that is the East? Because you want to win a championship, and right now the East isn't going to win a championship. <laughs> just n- not for a while. It's no, okay. I mean it, unless 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 Golden State falls apart and LeBron cannot lure the type of players that I think he's going to be able to get to go to L.A. I. I no, because I, I think Houston's good enough. Oklahoma City's good enough. I, I just, there's too much in the West. So, so you would have to, I would only come to the East if there was, like the Celtics or maybe the Knicks, there's a, a project that's being built there that's going to, if like three or four superstars sign with one team, then yeah, I would join them mm-hmm. because then you're, you're definitely going to get to the playoffs. But that position would have to be right, and I just I we'll have to see what the Celtics do because I think that's the most likely landing spot for any big players. Yeah, that'll be interesting. No love for the the Nuggets. You don't think that they have a chance against the Warriors? No, I don't. Not not Joker. I mean, Jokic is he's really really good, and they're a great young squad. And shout out to uh, Murray representing UK and. Uh, yeah, no, I mean they're they're good. I just <laughs> okay, so it's kind of like the same thing we just did in a late game situation. Yeah, deep in the playoffs, <laughs> who's gonna score for Denver? Uh, probably Jokic, but he's never okay. been there before. Yeah. So uh, that that's you know that that's who they would go to. I don't necessarily know if he's scoring. Right. Okay. So then let's flip that. Your Golden State. <laughs> Who do you feel comfortable going to late in the game to win? Four of the starting five. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, that that's what basketball comes down to. In the end, NBA playoffs are going to be, there's so much talent and it's going to be so well contested that it's going to come down to one or two games that are decided the last or second to last possession. How could you bet against Golden State in that situation? I know it, you can't, but it's just like we, we have to see this come to an end. And I would like to see it come to an end as far as this, you know, dynasty run. Not like what happened to me in Miami and not, you know, what potentially would happen to them, which is the team dispersing and then now you're useless. You know, I would, yeah. I would like to see someone like topple them rather than they topple themselves. I think they still have a little bit left in their run. Um, I think I think they're going to resign not uh, Demarcus, but I think they'll resign um, everyone else. You and think they keep KD? I think they keep KD. Oh wow! I think they get rid of Green. Yeah, I I definitely think that. I actually was a proponent that they try to trade him mid season, but they didn't. Yeah. No. I, yeah, I think that he's an off season move. 
And then I'm looking because I think they want a juggernaut battle, one last one. And I think they're waiting for LeBron to build that in L.A. And mm. L.A. and Golden State are going to be just a battle with so many superstars in this game at the same time. It's going to be fun to watch. Could you imagine? Okay. But before we wrap up the NBA segment, LeBron, James, Anthony Davis, and let's say Kawhi Leonard versus Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Kevin Durant in the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, that'd be amazing. <laughs> like, that is insane. Even when I'm thinking back to um, Miami days when we had the original Big Three. Well, I guess we're not the original Big Three because we we played the original Big Three, but they were at their the end of their run, the Celtics. Yeah. You know, like, so that wasn't – it was exciting, but it wasn't that – it wasn't two teams at the pinnacle. Yeah. So seeing that would be insane. Oh yeah, and I and honestly, I think it even could even be more than that because I think you could throw Demarcus signing with either one of those two teams too. Ooh, what if the Lakers get him? Uh, what do you do if you're yeah? Because Davis <laughs> Davis play the four. Davis will play the four, no problem. Oh well, obviously they uh, Boogie and Davis played very well together in yeah. New Orleans. I mean, they they I think that's the. The one of the like three people in the NBA, Demarcus truly gets along with is Anthony yeah. Davis. <laughs> like, yeah, I know, I agree, and yeah, I, I, I also wonder if that too didn't lead to a little bit of the falling out that Davis had with the Pelican owners. Oh, was them not signing him? Yeah, I, I think it was because yes, he got he tore that Achilles. And, you know, he does have temperament, temperament issues. He's, he's not a perfect human being. Okay. But he is a phenomenal center. I mean, there's not many centers like that in the league who are effective, you know, it's all gone to like Anthony Davis and he still, you know, you put him in there. I know he's struggling right now with Golden State, but he's also kind of in a a weird system where you got five superstars, you know, that you're going to struggle a little bit. Um, you know, when he was in uh, New Orleans, he was averaging 21 and 10, I think like, yeah, that's amazing. Like what more could you ask? And the fact that they didn't sign him is ridiculous, but you know, uh, on the flip side, they did sign another UK alum, uh, Julius Randall, who has been balling out. Yeah. Randall's been playing well. He, I think him getting out of the Lakers organization has been the best thing for his career. Yeah. <sighs> Any other UK people we can just randomly shout out real quick? <laughs> um, oh, man. Yeah, there's Bledsoe. He's on uh, Milwaukee, so that would be yeah. nice. Uh, uh, Trey Lyles, who I, I don't even think. Did you ever listen to the very, very first episode we put on here? I think I did, but it's been a while. Yeah, well, I couldn't remember who Trey Lyles was in his name. Uh, oh, that's so, fantastic. Yeah, so that was interesting uh, to struggle with. Um, Willie Colley Stein's been playing good for the, um, yeah, the Kings, who are in the playoffs currently, right? Or yeah. no? Are they? Uh, I think they're like a half game out. I think they're in the ninth seed and the Lakers are the tenth seed. Yeah, I, yeah there's, there's a lot of good tech players in the NBA. It's awesome. Fox is having a great year. 
that there if you actually if you're the Celtics that's who I wish I could eye but he's oh, not a free yeah. agent no, for I think he's got two more years in the yeah. Kings but he would be an amazing fit yeah uh him or John Wall but John Wall resigned uh with the Washington Wizards so that's yeah. out of the question even though they are thinking about uh well they they thought about shipping him out because him and Beal don't always uh play together very nicely. Right. Well, and I, you know, I love John Wall, but man oh man. I think the John Wall we knew might be done. Whoa. Time out. I I I felt I thought this segment was kind of you know fading out. You know you I, you were tired of me naming it UK players. Now you're all of a sudden coming out with a hot take. <laughs> yeah. No. I just oh like an Achilles injury for somebody like Demarcus who doesn't depend on his athleticism in his game. You can come back from mm-hmm. it. Is John Wall going to be able to jump as high? Is he going to be as fast? Is he going to be as quick? I I feel like he'll be a step slower. I mean, that's a possibility. Uh, I mean, I hope not. Man, I mean that that is a really good point that I didn't even think about. Uh, he's I I mean he definitely won't be the same player. I mean, yeah, you never are coming off the Achilles. Right. Man, John Wall, the the OG Calip- Calipari, yeah, recruit. Uh Hopefully he's back to full health though. Yeah. I mean I, I obviously don't wish injuries upon anyone. <laughs> no. But, you know, yeah, hopefully he does come back. And, you know, hopefully you know, once again, I mean, he's just he's never been in a good situation with the wizard. No. Uh there's always been drama with yeah. them and it it's one of those like it, it you always have these big like what ifs with these great players who kind of get stuck in bad situations. And he's kind of one of them. Like I genuinely thought he would have been an NBA champion by now. And the fact that he has not even come close just, I mean, it stinks. I mean, a lot of these uh, UK players who have been amazing and performed so well at the college level and even performed very well at the NBA still have not really, uh, you know, transferred to championships yet. And I've been surprised yeah. by that. Yeah. I and mean, this is probably, this is probably the first year in a while that, I mean, we're looking pretty confidently at a UK player winning a championship. Yeah. With boogie, but <laughs> well, I mean, not even with boogie. I mean, you've got, you've got Murray, you've got, um, well, so you have you have a couple players there that are on some of the top teams. Yeah, well, we got people who are you know coming off the bench and stuff too. But I'm I'm talking like a UK led, you know. Yeah. Team. Oh yeah. Okay. You yeah. Know, like Anthony Davis leading the Pelicans, or you know, uh, Towns. Yeah, Towns leading uh, Minnesota. Booker leading the Suns, which that's laughable, but. Um, I I wish Booker wouldn't have signed a extension with them in all honesty. Yeah. I think Booker might be another one of those players though that needs the ball too much. You think? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, he's he played really well with Eulis. No, he did. That's for sure. Um <laughs> I mean, I, I 
I like Devin Booker. I just, I don't know. He would work really well, I think, with people that he's used to being with. If he, they could get him to Minnesota somehow, I think he'd work. Mm, yeah. Um, I, I think he's definitely – I think he would even be better if he had someone else with him. I, he's great as the best player in a franchise, but could you imagine having his talent with another one or two good, great players? But oh. nobody's gonna go. Nobody's gonna go to Phoenix, though. No, and and that's the thing that kind of stinks is he's kind of trapped down there uh, yeah. with that extension. I mean, if he could have allowed himself to become a free agent and gone to, I mean, there were rumors last year before he signed that he was wanting to maybe join Cat. Uh, and yeah, it, could you imagine? You know, maybe Booker, Carl Anthony Towns, and if you could just get a good point guard who would feed both of them. I mean. That that's a high caliber team right there. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. We'll just sign both the Harrison twins. They'll know what to do. There you go. <laughs> All right. I think that's the best way to conclude the NBA segment. Uh, so that is going to conclude our episode for today. So I hope everyone enjoyed listening to it again. Thank you for our co-hosts, Michael and Brian for being able to join the show. Um, again, use code Double Technical at a SeatGeek app or SeatGeek.com to get $20 off your first ticket purchase. Uh, support us on Anchor. You can sponsor us there. But most importantly, please take the time, and I'm going to share a link, uh, link hopefully soon. Um, give us a review. It, you don't have to put so much time into the words, but if you want to, we greatly appreciate it. Um, but, you know, five stars really helps us out. We all, we're almost to 100 reviews, and we have like a four-and-a-half-star rating, so we'd love to try to get back up to five stars. Uh, so those who listen, if you take the time to do that, we appreciate it. Make sure to tune in next week um, for the Monday show, of course, but also for the Friday show when we interview Sam Hubbard. Um, like and share everything. And, uh, yeah, we'll uh, enjoy your sports weekend, and we'll be back to talk to you all on Monday.